Are we going to start this off with a, a toast? Well, toast, Baney. We got to give like a toast <laughs> to this <laughs> season. It was an. Am I allowed to open one? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, Let's yeah, just yeah. get it going. Hey, everybody, yes. welcome to the Letterman Row Quiam. I am Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Got Beanie Wells. You guys know him. Tim May, contributor to Letterman Row. And down here, our special uh, co host, partner, uh, promoter today, Kevin Schettinger, uh, bringing this on. This was all his idea. Uh, First of all, before we start, we got a bunch of guests that are going to talk about the 2019 Ohio State season that was, uh, all the highs and the one low a little bit, uh, but it was pretty good, and, and Kevin's going to get into it, but first of all, we'll just raise our glasses. Raise our glasses. So it was really a fun season for us to cover at Letterman Row and the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, so thanks to Land Grant for their beer. Clank. Cheers. All right, Kevin, first of all, tell us how this idea came to be for what we're doing here today. Uh, well, I was I was driving around. I was working on New Year's Day, and I was listening to the podcast. I was listening. I couldn't get enough of the content. It's like I just I don't know why. I just need to relive this over and over again. I'm like this feels this feels like a funeral. <laughs> as as a funeral director, it just it. it I was like, I, I recognize all these stages of grief that people are going through right, right. now, and listening to just people process it. Oh God. Here's the 10 plays that just could have gone different. Oh. And if it just gone different, then things would have been okay. I'm like, man, this is like what people talk about when something terrible happens at a hospital. Yeah. And so I reached out. I was like, you know what? Crazy. It sucks that it ended this way. But we, this was an amazing season. And I will, I will say in, in my lifetime, I'm 37 years old. In my opinion, I think this is the best team that I've ever watched. Right. And it just, it, it's too bad that we're stuck here, just focused on the end. Let's take some time. Let's focus on the whole life. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's have a celebration of life here and talk about how this was such an amazing experience to go through this whole season. This is the only season I can remember where at no point in the entire season, right up until that interception against Clemson, that I was worried. Right. Mm. I was not worried this season. Even on that drive, I was like, we're going to pull this out. <laughs> we're just going to pull it out. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen. It's unfortunate. It's still an all-time great team. Let's focus on on this. So we brought out the memory maker. Uh, if you, people want to go up, they can uh, just touch the screen, leave their favorite memory, their favorite story, their favorite condolence, their worst gambling story, <laughs> whatever it is. Leave it on there. We'll compile that and just have a, a great little uh, session and put all those together for people to watch. Yeah, it was it was really funny when you reached out to us, Kevin, about it because Tim and I had just done the podcast, the first one at his podcast after the Fiesta Bowl. And I don't know. We talked about you know the ejection, the fumble, you know the couple drops, the Chris Olave play, and went on and on about that. And it's like I know that as long as I cover Ohio State forever, that that game is going to be talked about. I'm going to mm -hmm. talk about it for the rest of my life. But that also came at the expense of all the previous memories. It's going to overshadow it all. Yeah. And, like, that's – I'm thinking – and you sent the email. I'm like, well, you don't go to a funeral to talk about the way they died no. over and over. <laughs> no. Like, there was a really good life before that. It, <laughs> it, it took us a little time to get here. I'm glad we had a few weeks to process, but I think I'm about ready to talk about all of the good stuff that happened yeah. over this yeah, season. Yeah, I think most people at a funeral, you know, memorial service, they say that was a why, uh, a life well lived. Right. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness, the ending. Uh, uh, that's true and, for everybody, right? Yeah, and, it, and, it, and that is, I mean, that's the way I look at it. And, and you know, I had met Finkus on my show this, this past week, and I keep asking some ex-players, I said, you know, 
So where do you put this season? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is it like the 2006 season? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That was great mm-hmm. <laughs> up until that, you know, the grand finale, so to speak. I mean, uh, because it won't be up there with the uh, national championship years, even though this was as impressive uh, a 13-game run as Ohio State has ever put together. I mean, in my opinion, even the come-from-behind win against Wisconsin, I think there was an, in, in, an inevitability that night that you thought Ohio State was going to come back and win that game. But the uh, the way it ended uh, just kind of puts it into another realm. Yeah, Kevin, yeah. when you look back now, uh, if you're walking over to the memory maker to get it started there, like, where does it, for you, what, the first thing that comes to mind, a positive 2019 memory? I, every single game just sit, sitting there watching, we're going to win today. Just just the sheer confidence of, of every single game going into it. Hey, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> and that Wisconsin game, not worried about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to come out. Oh, yeah, we, you know, we kind of futzed around. Great game playing by Wisconsin. Good job by you. But better no, than thirty-eight-seven the first time around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was, but it, it was it was just the sheer dominance that we witnessed for for the entire season. I mean, what I, they covered every game except for FAU for the, the what, Rutgers the first, somehow. It, yeah, yeah, well, Rutgers. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, that Rutgers. that that line got a little out of control. Not that's that's if you, if you gamble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, they had to get somebody interested. That was the whole deal. But yeah, yeah you're right. I mean. They covered uh, – I mean, there was there was really – the interesting thing going into every game was how are they going to play? Is, is Justin Fields going to have three touchdowns responsible for or, mm-hmm. or five? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, there were things like that. It's J.K. Dobbins. They always held him. You know, <laughs> he, was a, he was a secret weapon in the big games evidently because uh, <laughs> those teams didn't see him coming. I mean, the 100-yard games. And, Beanie, you know, you, you watched that too. That He had as impressive a year as any running back in Ohio State history. Oh, without question in my mind, I, mean, I think it's – it is. I mean, you look at the numbers, it's the single best season in Ohio State history for yeah. a running back. And then, like, you talk about the big games. He always stepped up and played the best in his biggest moments and the biggest moments. And, you know, for me, this football team, it is kind of, you know, nostalgic of uh, the 2016 because, obviously, you go, you beat a couple of number two teams, and then you lose the big one. So you're obviously, you know, <laughs> devastated, and that, that memory is going to be in the back of your mind. But, yeah. like you said, I think this is the best Ohio State team that I've ever seen top to bottom. And, and the fact that we were able to – you know, not have a bunch of turnover on the defensive side of the football from the previous year. The only thing that we really changed was the coaching staff from the defensive side, and they went from one of the worst defenses from a stat standpoint in Ohio State history to probably the best that we've ever seen, and I don't know if it'll ever be matched. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, we talked about, though, that that last game, the reason it leaves a, that sour taste in your mouth is because they put away that bugaboo of giving up the big play mm-hmm. all year, and then suddenly – Clemson doesn't live without the big play right. in those games. You know, the quarterback going the distance, that four-play, 94-yard drive at the end. Mm-hmm. But but then Ohio State still had the wherewithal to pull it out were it not for one bad read by a, by a, a wide receiver, you know, yep. Chris Olave. And, you know, I mean, that's that's what's so weird about it is that they were so in control for so long and then lost it. All right, I'm going to keep these two guys around for a little bit longer, Kevin, but I know you've got uh, some, some beers to drink and some memory makers to run over there, so <laughs> – the other thing you got to answer before you go is you got to award a 2019 MVP uh, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Who you got? Ooh, J.K. Dobbins. Okay. Ooh. I mean, he was the engine. Beanie loves this, all right? So Absolutely. He, he, he he's going to let you keep going. I mean, <laughs> as Chase Young got all the accolades. Uh, Jeff Okuda does not get 
does not get quite en- enough talk about him. Yeah. Justin Fields, it's quarterback, it's a premier position, but this season ran through J.K. Dobbins. And he he was a man. He just <laughs> he just made the entire thing go. And so that, that'll be, I think, what I remember. And shoot, how many times did he never even touch the ball in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Right. How many halves, second halves did he not? And he still ran for over 2,000. He could have pushed, we're at land grant. He could have pushed those that stake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been 2,500-yard stake. So uh, I, I think he's a little unheralded this season. Did not get the uh, talk about him that everyone else did. But I, I, I think J.K. is the – That's uh, a good choice. Yeah. I like it. MVP. We'll see how many people agree with you and Beanie as the show goes. I know. Well, he's so, uh, I, I may have a surprise oh, as the show oh goes on. So so that would surprise you know who he's going to pick. Mean, he's going to pick Demario McCall. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to reload 2019, we can have that conversation again. <laughs> Kevin, we're going to let you out of here, man. All right, thank you. Really appreciate, appreciate you hosting us. We're going to hey, take a quick word from your company. We're going to get some more guys. we got a lot more Buckeyes coming in here. Former Buckeyes, a couple guys who played on that team last year. Drug them out to rehash some of those memories as well. So we'll be right back after a quick word. We'll be back here at Langrand. Schettinger is revolutionizing the way family and friends remember their loved ones. Our newest innovation is the Capstone Memory Maker, a touchscreen video recording kiosk that captures videos from guests at our visitations and funerals. Guests can record a video condolence or even better, share a favorite memory or story. The Memory Maker could not be any easier to use. Simply press start and share your message. Why should you choose Schettinger? No one creates more meaningful healing experiences. You gonna charge me? You gotta get in line, man. You know what's crazy? Right, right now, if I was at Ohio State, I would probably be a defensive lineman because I'm looking at <laughs> look right you now. Too. I'm looking at how <laughs> like, big I am right now. I'll be on the defensive line, not <laughs> playing running back. Whatsoever. Hey, listen, That's with Coach true. Johnson, you be cold, bro. Hey, but hey, oh, I, <laughs> I swear you would. That's a smooth segue back into Letterman Rogan. That's BB <laughs> Landers down there, and I guess the future defensive end, right? Beanie Wells, right Damn here. Jumper. Uh, BB, thanks so much for hanging out with us right here to commemorate the 2019 season. I know that. You're probably not over it. You might not ever be over it. I, I talked to you in the immediate aftermath in that locker room, and it was emotional for you guys. Has it felt any different in the two or three weeks, four weeks since then? Um, the times that I catch myself thinking about it, no. Uh, it's been, you know, this this process post Ohio State is kind of since it's new, it's an up and down roller coaster, you know, training and you know preparing for the next phase of my life that you know God has been fortunate enough to bless me with, but. I can still say to this moment, I've yet to grow a pair to actually even watch the game back. So I'm still trying to work towards that. So, like, looking back, it was a special season, and, and I don't regret anything. But when I do catch myself just kind of playing it back and looking at everything in my mind that happened in the game, just and Benny can attest to this, like, when you got certain games, you can play every single play back in your head, and it's like, if I would have done this, or if we did that, or da 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 da, it's a bunch of what ifs. But you know, yeah, it still hurts. But at the same time, too, man, it's, this season was a blessing. The group of guys was a blessing. The way the season went was a blessing. Beating the team up north was always a blessing. <laughs> so you know, you got the gold pants yeah, on, right? <laughs> always. So you know, you couldn't ask for a better group of guys in a better season. Wish it would have went better than what it did. But hey, tips didn't fall in our favor. What's that one play from the game? What What is the one play if you you think? could have been redone it would have changed everything you know the old go back in time moment one play I now, don't give me four give me one play. <laughs> i can't give you one play but i can give you one quarter second quarter. okay one quarter yeah second quarter second quarter mm-hmm. is like last half of the second quarter yeah. everything that could have went wrong 
went wrong, some things in our control, some things that weren't in our control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, the Trevor Lawrence run was bizarre. I mean, in all and, kinds and, of respects. And that was a fault on us as a defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. bad communication. Didn't take our proper responsibilities. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you're going to have moments in the game where – you know, adversity is going to hit, and that was one of those That's moments. That's what we talked about a while ago. That's what I brought up a while ago. Y'all have been so I – mean, y'all have been great about not giving up the gash play. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And boom, it, it bit you. Yeah, and, it's, and that's the thing. when You know, when you're playing against a team like that, like they're elite from top to bottom, and it's just yeah. little mistakes against teams like that are big mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was one of those things where the, the slightest bad communication – turn into a big play. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when talent is equated, coach always say you revert back to your training. That's from Coach Meyer to Coach Day, Coach Mick, and it was one of those things where we just made that mistake, and at that moment of time, they capitalized on the play, and something with any other team that we might have played would have been, okay, a 10-yard gain, all right, new set of downs. Yeah. Try to get off the field. It just don't work like that all the time. When you go back and you look at this season, uh, you guys had a bunch of great moments, as we all know, and, Part of the reason why we're here because of those great moments. Um, yeah, we don't have to keep talking about the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> and I, I don't want to. I want to drive that uh, home too much on you, but I, I want to talk about, in your opinion, what was that point in the season to where you guys, as a team, as a defense, decided, you know what, we're good, and we're probably going to be one of those teams at the end of the year to be in a college football playoff, fighting for a chance to be in a national championship. Was it like a point in the season where you guys just automatically knew, or was it going in? All right, we're good enough, and we're going to be there. Honestly, I would say camp. Okay. This off-season camp was very unique. Compared to last season, you know, Coach Day took over just because of the stipulations and the situation that was going on, yeah. you know, with Coach Meyer that's out of our control. So it was it was one of those things where, you know, we bought into Coach Day in that, in that time frame, but it was like, all right, this is for a short period of time. You know, we've got to come together. And I think that was kind of like the starting point leading to into the season because – as an older, more experienced seasoned player, coming out of last season, I, a lot of us got to the point where we were able to build that trust with Coach Day. Mm-hmm. So coming into this season, we knew what the Buckeye way looked like, just from being around Coach Meyer, being in the program so long. And at the same time, Coach Day brought his own unique aspect to our team because he's a little bit more – laid back, cool, mild manner, which I love because I'm like that yeah. most days, yeah. depending on my mood. And I feel like our program was driven a lot more by the older guys just because we knew what, it's supposed, what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, Coach never really had the opportunity to jump on a player if they messed up in practice or bad communication or bad attitudes because we took care of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think me, as like I said, knowing what it's supposed to look like and being around some – great leaders over my course of the five years camp this past year is when I really saw like, bro, this team is going to be special. You know what I mean? Like we in practice, we're getting at each other. We competing. We, you know, we talking crazy. We had some days we had a little scuffle, but when you competing <laughs> at that level, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it comes with the game and it's yeah. going to happen. You know what I mean? And how we looked at it was to an extent of we have the top players in the nation. So if, I'm going against you on a day-to-day basis. I'm making you better. you making me better. When game time comes around, 
Whoever lines up against me, I'm not even worried about it. Right. You know what I mean? So like that's just how we took the approach every single day from winter. And I think camp is when it really just kind of took off and it's like, all right, this is this is going to be something special this year. BB, we can't talk about the 2019 season without, you know, your teammate, your Rushman, you know, counterhort there. You know, Chase Young took, took the country by storm. He's a Heisman finalist on the defensive side. I know a lot of times the rest of the Rushman didn't get quite the attention that maybe they deserved. But for people who don't know what it's like to be around Chase, to play with somebody with his ability and everything that could come for him down the road, what was it like day after day to be around this guy? For me, I was babysitting. It's like <laughs> little brother, big brother. But no, I think, I think for me, for me personally, you know, me and Chase were really close from the time that he stepped foot on campus. But just like going back to the big brother, little brother aspect, just watching his development and watching not only physically how he developed, but mentally and spiritually how he developed. You know, it got to the point where. He took the classroom just as serious, if not more serious, than when we stepped on the field. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the things that really elevated his game this year. This, it would be times, man, we'd be in the film room for hours, and we just cutting up, cutting up, cutting up, picking up on little tendencies. And sometimes we'd find things where coaches might not see, or it's some things that you know you just can't see on film. And, mm -hmm. and when you watched as his – game developed now he as he developed and mentally he slowed the game down when we got to game time man it was just like it was a show to watch but it wasn't surprising okay. because it's the same thing that he did in practice he played saturdays tuesday through thursday every week and i think that was the the biggest thing that i loved about him because when you get to that caliber and you get in the accolades that he was getting and the praise that he's getting as a kid that's not even 21 yet, it's easy to kind of fall into that. Yeah. And he never did. You know what I mean? Like, it was times where he's like, you know, he does appreciate, you know, the praise that he got. But at the end of the day, he always knew that his game could get better and he can improve. And Coach Johnson also let him know, <laughs> hey, you might have had four or five sacks, but your step here was too short or your eye placement was bad, or your hand placement was bad. So he never had a moment of getting complacent between Coach Jay and, and then with even within himself. So I, f I feel like that was one of the biggest things that I really loved watching from him this season. The physical aspects wasn't surprising. He's a freaking nature, and, and that's just what it was. But he worked to get there. And it was, you know, God. when God gave you a blessing, man, you got to run with it. And he ran with it. Are you thinking about getting all five years uh, smelted down into one big one? I was <laughs> thinking about it, but that's kind of expensive. Gold and it's not in my budget right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's not in my budget right now. Hey, real quick. Uh, yes, sir. Before I ask you another question, I wanted to ask you about Chase. Is there a sense, you know, obviously he set the uh, school sack record for a season. Is there a sense you played with one of the great players to ever play there? Not that you weren't one of them too, BB. No. I mean, you're following me, but do you, do you kind of sense – You'll look back on this. Hey, I played with Chase Young. I played with the with the Bosa, Bosa boys. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, and that's and that's one of the things, man. That's one of the blessings about being at Ohio State. Just the the players that you have the honor to play with and grow with is special. And one thing about Chase, he's he's edged his legacy in the Ohio State books. You know what yep. I mean? And that's not easy to do, especially when you got you know legends like. One standing right here next to it. <laughs> Benny Wells is one of the reasons why I became a Buckeye in the first place. Like, Explain that. Why? Why is that? Honest, honestly, so I was born and raised a Buckeye. My uncle was nuts. Like, 48 hours <laughs> before the game, he's not allowed to talk to me. Like, it's that bad. Like, he would stress me out. But 
I still remember his highlight video from his junior year. <laughs> And it was Till I Collapsed as a song on the video yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> and I remember watching some games, and, like, they would just try to tear his knees up, trying to cut him down. <laughs> it's just like, bro, this dude's a freaking nature. And it was just like, yeah. Ohio State, I don't know why, I just had this vibe. Like, Ohio State is where I want to be. Like, that was my dream school. And it just so happened that I was able to turn my dream into a reality, but – this is one of the guys that kind of influenced that, believe it or not. Well, I'm certainly glad we was able to get a player like wow. him. Yeah, thanks for that highlight video. Thank goodness that Beanie was able to stay right. for this segment. Exactly. <laughs> Thank God. Make me feel good, too, man. That's the part. Beanie's going to be signing your autograph here in a minute. Hey, that's right. Hey, as long as he ain't charging me, we good. Real quick, keep, keep this short, but what was that one player this year? Take yourself out of the equation. Mm-hmm. On defense, I'm, you know, take Chase Young out of the equation. What's that one player that you will remember making the biggest rise from a year ago or Fair from the Easy. Why do you say that? Just what? his development. Number one, he's so he's always had the athletic ability. Yeah. But mentally, his development this season took his game to a whole other level. That is one guy, and I'm I, I can't wait to see what he does next year. Yeah. Now that he's in the defense, he's he's had that experience and he's comfortable. He's a freak athlete. Like I've never seen a guy of his stature play linebacker and move the way that he can move. He matches out of ten. He can outrun any DB. No running back is outrunning him, and a quarterback is definitely not doing it. Now he has his times where he's over aggressive. You know what I mean? But yeah. that just comes with his development mentally and physically of the game. But Baron Browning, for me personally, is one of the guys that I felt developed the most, and who I'm interested to see next season. All right, I'm about to let you two go. Tim, stand with me. So you got right. <laughs> this might be tougher for BB. You said you had a surprise. I'll let yeah. him think about it. Team MVP 2019. I'm going defense. Oh, boy. The defense. I did not see that uh, The entire defense was insane. And to be able to – I talked about it a little bit before. To be able to make the jump in which they made without changing a bunch of parts. I mean, it was essentially the same defense that went out there. Yeah. And they were drastically different. And I want to ask you, what was the cause of that? Was it the scheme that you guys were in that, you know, allowed you guys to go out and play more freely than the 2018 season? Or was it, you know, the seniors on that group? It was a mixture of – scheme and the seniors believe it or not our scheme was basic coach's mindset was if we can't beat a team in our base defense then we ain't gonna beat them <laughs> and that's just what it is you know what i mean like at yeah. the end of the day when it comes down to the course of a game man it's manhood on manhood mm-hmm. if you if you can't sit sit down and play your base your the the foundation of who you are and your identity as a defense and beat a team it is hard to beat a team and you got to throw in a blitz every other play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think one thing about that is as seniors, we took pride in that. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it came from this aspect of we know what we got. We've been wanting to, to display it. We have the opportunity now. We got to take it and run with it. You know what I mean? So we put more responsibilities on ourselves as upperclassmen, and we even put it on the, on, the, on the younger guys. By the time we get three games in the season, you're no longer a freshman. You are a seasoned player. You have enough games and reps up under your belt. Now you got to play. Yeah, it reminded me of watching those defenses in the mid-'70s that when Ohio State dominated people, mm-hmm. kind of like y'all did. It's like it was literally – you could see y'all were having fun playing. You understand what I'm saying? As opposed to That's the this is work. It, it, was, it looked almost like fun. Did it feel like that playing? Yes, it yeah. was – I enjoyed every last moment of it. Even times where it's like, as an older guy, you're like, dang, I only got 10 damn snaps this time. <laughs> like, what the heck? But it's like when you're watching the young guys and you watching the development and then you kind of step back and realize 
the time that you even put into helping them develop and helping coach develop them, it's like, all right, we got something special here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of the that was one of the biggest things for us is just everybody kind of bought in to each other and to the program and to the vision that coach had to help us excel this season. All right, we'll turn B.B. loose. Appreciate him hanging out with us. What a great career awesome. from Robert Landers. He was Thank a blast you. to cover. Oh, he actually yeah. came into the offices this morning. We're going to have some Buckeye Qs coming with him. Yep. Get him out of here. Shake his hand, Beanie. Appreciate you as well. Always. Get out of here. Good to see you. As the letter from Rolls rolls along, we'll be he right back. He could probably still play. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no probably about it. He's bigger than me. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Letterman Roquium here at Land Grant Brewing, downtown Columbus, celebrating the 2019 Ohio State season. We got another member of that team, another guy with a bunch of gold pants, Rashad Berry, tight end, defensive end, defensive tackle, three-way star, man. I mean, and I, this was just perfect. It had to be done. We were, we were going to do a Buck IQ earlier in the year because Rashad knocked you out of the record books. You were the last no guy to play, no doubt, two ways in the same season. That was same my last game. claim to fame at Ohio it's State. It's gone. Uh. So this guy took it right here, so you're going to have to sort it out. <laughs> I am. We should have done a Buckeye Q on, like, my – he could have broken down my two-way play. Oh, my I could have broken down his. It's not yes. too late. Let's go uh, right back down. Not, yeah, it's not too late. All right. <laughs> both of you guys. Rashad, it's for you. I mean, I know I asked you about this. You, you were in there. You did a Buckeye Q this morning. But to you know, to go back and forth, and you did it your whole career. Yeah. I mean, would you have wanted to just play one position? Do you think it helped you to play both ways? Like, how do you view it now that it's over? Um, coming out of high school, I, I always told myself I wanted to play both sides of the, uh, of the ball. And, you know, in college, that's rare to do. So I, I set her down at one position, and when the opportunity came, I just ran with it. Like, I wanted to do it so bad. And then, you know, <laughs> when the incident happened and Coach Jay came up to me and just said, are you ready? I said, yes. Like, I've, I've been wanting to do this. I've been talking, We've been talking about this for years now, so let's make it happen. Was it like putting on another pair of shoes, or nah, was it just going out and playing deep, football? Deep, it's going out and playing football. Yeah. Defensive end is natural to me. I've been playing since I was six years old, yeah. know, defensive end. And then tight end came when I was like about 11, 12. So, but it was, it's natural. It's nothing. You know, you, you, you were stuck in that kind of that <laughs> situation at tight end, and we're like four of you guys. Mm-hmm. You can't play four tight ends at once, even right, though it looked like they were going to try to one time. No, definitely. <laughs> but that would have been crazy. Well, was it for you? Strength of the unit. To, yeah. <laughs> was it for you? You just you wanted to get on the field no matter what. I mean, what what's that kind of feeling like and then finding that way? You follow my drift um, So definitely splitting uh, four ways with uh, tight ends is – I mean, it takes a toll on you. You know, you, gotta, you only get about like 20, 25 plays each. Yeah. So, you know – that's I'm, in practice, right? Right. No, yeah. <laughs> so, like, in the game, so – um, going to the defensive side and just adding more reps, game reps is just something I, I, I wanted, I needed, and uh, it just helped me out for the scouts. And, you know, I got some scouts looking at me for defensive end and some for tight end and yeah. fullback. So, I mean, it, it helped out all around. That sounds like 2012 to me, man. No doubt. No doubt. R- Rashad's still answering some of these questions like he's still in school, you know, <laughs> given the, uh, you know, the party line. Z, yeah, the, politically, the, the, correct. The politically correct answer. <laughs> you know, it, honestly, I think Rashad can back me up on this. When you start on offense, we both started on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Offense is so much harder than defense oh. because when you get on defense, it's kind of like line up and go. And go, right? Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, you, you play it when you're a little kid, right? It's kind of, it's uh, easy, you yeah. know, when, when it, whoever's got the football, you're running after them, going to tackle them. Right. On offense, you actually got to know the plays. You got to mm-hmm. know, hey, on this route tree, I'm running this. On this run play, I, I'm going from, I'm doubling with the tackle on defensive right. end up to right. linebacker. On this play, I'm not doubling. I'm just going right up to right. linebacker, right? right? So, from an offense standpoint, there are so many more X's and O's that you need to know. Defense is like, hey, go out, line up, go get the football, right? right go right. make a play. So, I, yeah, I mean, it, 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 
like I said, it's so much easier when someone starts on the offensive side, goes to the defensive side. And, uh, you know, at, when I came out, I'm a, I was a little bit different. I'm a lot shorter. I'm not as athletically gifted as Rashad, right? So I think me being a fullback going to linebacker kind of confused stuff where I think for Rashad, it brings his draft stock up, right? People are going to see him playing on the end. People are going to say, the dude can play fullback tight end, H-back, whatever you want to call it, yeah. and he can uh, play defensive end, and he can play stand-up outside linebacker, right? Yeah. There's so many different things that he can do. Now he's got t- game tape on it, so I think it was perfect for what for I what would, he was able he to do. I would just talk to him about that before we started the show. I mean, I, you know, I've heard a little buzz about him because uh, if you look at the NFL now and the way they like yeah. to yeah. pick these role players, and role can be a, a guy who plays a bunch of roles, right. you know. Right. Right. Uh, his, his stock has been enhanced greatly. Because on top of everything else, you know he can run, and then when he did play tight end, you you saw him catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was you know it wasn't some guy out there slumbering, bumbling around. And, uh, <laughs> and so we watched that UNLV yeah, touchdown I mean, I, this morning. So I, 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 I was telling him that you know the big key now for him is to get the buzz out that mm-hmm. people are interested in him. And that they, that way you can go from a, maybe a high end free agent to actually getting drafted. And we know mm-hmm. what. That little foot in the door does for you. Yeah, well, Definitely. I think that'll be the testing. And he's, yeah. you're getting ready in Pennsylvania right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, take us through that process. What are you doing out there? What, what's a week like for somebody trying so, to make the draft? Uh, I'm, out, I'm out there with Terry Grissetti Performance. Um, a great program. Um, I, I love him. Uh, he's the head strength coach at uh, Youngst, uh, Youngstown uh, University. And, uh, you know, every day we spent two, two and a half, three hours just working out uh, upper body on Monday, Tuesdays, core, Wednesdays, uh, agility drills. And I just feel like the way he's handling it and the way he has it set up is just perfect. Uh, I feel my body getting better. I feel like, you know, when you're getting sore, you know it's working definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, he knows football. So I, I, I really just I'm, – I'm glad I picked that program and – and I just I, I want to run with it. Like I, I love it out there. Does Malik Cooker ever drop by? Nah, <laughs> he's from that area. He's he, a little busy. R- Rashad, Rashad will tell you. I think getting ready for the draft is completely different. It is oh, a yeah. niche thing, right? It's not when you start getting ready for a draft. I, I hate to say it. It's sometimes not about football, right? Yeah, it's not no, about what you can do on a football definitely. field. It's about perfecting your body, perfecting yes. Yes. your full body movements, perfecting your flexibility, perfecting how I can get from A to B to C in a shuttle, right? Yes, yes. It's how can I get the most explosive stance on a 40-yard stance that you'll never use again in your entire life, right? right? It, it, there are so many things that you do from a draft standpoint, even on-field drills that teams, pro teams have you do during pro day, you never do when you're actually playing <laughs> no, football and practicing, correct, correct, right? Yeah. So it's a completely niche thing of training for the NFL Combine. It's something you do for three to four months. And like Rashad said, it's completely different. You feel muscles that mm-hmm. you know that that are hurting that you never used before because you're just doing completely different movements. <laughs> so you'll you'll bang on that for three to four months, perfect it, go out in April, whatever maybe. If he goes to the Combine in February or Pro Day and end of March, early April, whatever it may be, and then a couple workouts, and then you'll never use it again. Then yeah. you go off in May, mm-hmm. and you're going to rookie minicamp, and it's back to playing football. From That's an up. analytical standpoint, though, the reason they do all that is because they've got video on you, right. but they want to know how that video translates to you know, no, speed-wise. Definitely. I mean, okay, you can look really good doing this against a, a, 
you know a lesser opponent right, but right. how does it all stack up and mm-hmm. you understand why why they do all that number no, yeah, three definitely. they got all this dead time they got to mm-hmm. come up with some ways what are you talking about tim sometimes i don't understand why <laughs> they do that <laughs> it's i have no idea well i know that's why that's why you're not running in the listen i have no idea you're right but but i think that's the that's the confusion right i work for the browns no, I, I couldn't because the Browns want to go analytical, and I've got no sense in analytical, right? But I don't the, understand that thought. That's right? just I, their way of defining people. You know that. I, I mean, no, 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 You I fought agree. that battle your whole life. I, I fought the battle my whole life. I agree, but I don't understand. Well, some teams understand what they're doing, but yeah. I sometimes don't understand why they're doing certain things. Because be a football player. It, it's a, yeah, be a football player. That's why I honestly believe the New England Patriots. That's why I believe some of these other teams, even the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have so much success because they look at guys, how they play football, and not so much how they're text testing analytically, yes. how they're testing on different things that they do, how they're testing uh, on their uh, on their scores that you take during the combine. On right? my I podcast mean, this week, I had Matt Finkus on. We all remember when Mike Vrabel got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. They had no idea what to do with him. Exactly. And then, boom, Bill Belichick couldn't wait to get his hands on him, turned him into Mike Vrabel, Mm -hmm. who now all of a sudden, two years later, people in the draft are looking for the next Mike Vrabel. I mean, that's – Well, that may very well be what happens with the Rashad Berry. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to tell him, man. You know, they're looking at things differently than they were 20 years ago. I mean, they're looking at guys that have some video that they can, like, put in their heads but also have – do check off some of the right, analytical, right. but at the same time, I think going through this process, that's why it's so important to have an agent who understands you, yeah. right? Because you have to sell yourself as a football player by what you do and how you test, even if it's stuff you don't do well, right? Yeah. But it's your agent's responsibility on the back end to sell you to the teams as a football player and how you will fit in. And that's why you see so many times about guys, even if they do get drafted in the first round, right? There are guys who get taken to certain teams that never pan out to anything because they don't fit Fit. what that team is trying to do, right? And so, so many times, you know what, we we talk all the time, we see it now. There are times where someone, I, I would rather have someone go in the third round compared to the first round if they're going to a team in the third round that, guess what, is going to set them up to succeed, right? right? right. Just example, Taysom Hill. Look what he's doing for the New Orleans Saints, right? Yeah. Look. From Rashad, what he, can you throw? Can we throw that in there too? <laughs> a little bit. But for what he's able to do, but for what he's able to do, he goes anywhere else. I don't know if he has a career. He's probably correct. out no, in, in the real world, right? He's being yeah. a trash man like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Taking right. out the trash. Yeah. All right, that's the end of the uh, hey, Rashad Berry appreciation. Look, we need it to ask him about 2019. I was going to say. He's going to be a pro. You feel, okay. like, yeah. you feel like you were part of something extremely special this year. What's, what's your takeaway from this football team and what it felt like to be a part of it? Uh, I feel like I was, like you said, a part of something very special. Um, this team was not like we didn't know where we were gonna go with this team. Like honestly, we did not know um, if our defense is gonna be up to par, our offense is gonna be together. And but, you knew that you were thinking that win in July. And you were this is more that- so um, winter workouts. So as soon as yeah. the 2018 season ended, it was winter workouts. Like he sat us down uh, before Matt Judge that where are we gonna go? Like where is this team about to be? And obviously, yeah. you see where, where it went. We made history and. Uh, a lot of people didn't expect that. But, but when did you see it as a player? When did you I see it? I feel like, like I, fall camp. Fall camp. Once everything, once all the pieces started uh, getting together and um, everybody started clicking, it was just like, wow, like we could really be special. Like we never, like it's been a while since defense and offense on the on the same um, team 
has been top one, yeah. top two, you know, and, yeah. and it's rare to have that, you know, and it, it was special. So we try to take advantage of that. I mean, the season was remarkable. It, other than the last game, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It took away two Sick touchdowns. Game, man. But, We're not even going to bring it up. Right, yeah. but but the season was uh, historical. It was, it, it was isn't it amazing? Fun. I mean, everybody, we, we can t- talk about that last game all we want, blah, blah, yeah, blah. And blah, I was blah, talking blah. about some of the plays the defense <laughs> gave up. Bottom line is, an official in the in the press box took seven points off the board. Well, he wasn't uh, in the press box. He was in Birmingham. Well, in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> relayed. Right, he was like, relayed through the press box. Bottom. How does that sit with a player? How does that sit with you, Rashad? Um, I mean, like I said, it is what it is. You can't you can't harp too much on it. Um, I mean, it happened. You can't take it back. You know. So, you understand it? I mean, I don't understand it at all. I mean, like I said, like. The Jeff fumble, that's a fumble. You yeah. know, the diving catch by J.K., that's that's a touchdown. You know, you can't you can't hurt us like that in them, in them type of ways. But then again, we got to execute in the red zone still. Like, we had multiple opportunities in the red zone. Yeah. So, we can't take that away too. But at the end of the day, I mean, two touchdowns, that's critical. Like, yeah. we wouldn't have one of them. Yeah. You know, we only needed one of them. We would have never <laughs> oh, been yeah. in that position at the end of the game. We would never have to rush. We could have held the ball, took a knee, you know. Right. So, you know, I, I think – It is what it is. Uh, and, you know, we – Rashad, we, we've we've been in the same position, right? And I think something that Rashad could back me up on and what people don't realize is, you know, after the game, especially that game, right? Yeah. People are like, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? In a game when momentum's starting to shift, mm-hmm. you see it when you're watching on TV. I was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. I could feel the momentum, and mm-hmm. it was in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. People in Columbus, people at the stadium, you can feel it. If you can feel it, the teams can feel it, right. right? And so when you get in that position as a player, you look around, and that's when you get intense. That's when you start yelling and say, hey, let's make a play. Someone's got to stand up. Right. Let's go. That's when the right. motivation starts kicking in. And at that point, as a player, you go into fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going to do everything to make a play. And sometimes you you do something a little too aggressive to make a play, yeah, and guess might. what? They hit you for the yeah, big one, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. so looking back now, I'm sure guys, you know, I'm sure Rashad has maybe watched the game, but those coaches that went back and watched the game, they're like, oh, my gosh, why don't we make just this adjustment? Why yeah. don't we do this? Mm-hmm. And it's because in that moment when you are a player, when you are a coach, it's like we got to make a play, a game change, a play, a turnover, whatever it may be, a big play, to change the momentum and flip the game upside down. It sometimes just doesn't go your way, and then right. – when you've got the refs and a couple big plays that you think actually finally flipped it, yeah. and then they get turned over, it's kind of like, man, Let, okay, let's go. Takes, we got to go right, again, but it right? takes a toll on you too at the same time. Oh, yeah. like, like it's like you taking away touchdowns. Yep. Like, like we need those. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. No we know it's like it's the correct call, but it's like you, you flipping it just because and it, it, it hurts, but. At the end of the day, man, that's just how to cook the hey, combos. No, Touch, no, hey, touchdowns hey, are the gold pants. Like, no, no, hey, especially I guarantee you, right? I guarantee you, once Jordan Fuller got made that return, especially with yeah, the way Clemson yeah. had momentum, he gets that for a touchdown. Guess what? The guys on house State, we're starting to talk trash to the Clemson guys, right? right. We're letting them know that. Guess yeah. what? We haven't went away. We're back, right? right? And then once that play gets flipped back, it's like. Oh my God! All right, we got to go again. Got to right? go again. Yeah. And Rashad so. might know. I mean, we don't have to keep talking about it, but you could tell that Dabo Swinney knew that it, it should have been a touchdown. The yeah. Jeff play, the Jordan mm-hmm. return. I'm sure the players out on the field knew that they were yeah, getting ready to put knows. the return, yeah. you know, team back out there, block the extra point, whatever. Like they knew what that call should have been. Right. Everybody in the entire world except Everybody one knew. person, <laughs> and Everybody that's the one knew. that unfortunately cost you guys. But when you think Rashad back on 2019 for the good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a game, a play? What will be the first thing you think about? Um, I really – I think the Big Ten championship game was just like like 
mm-hmm. set the tone. Like, yeah, we we are definitely a team to that should should have been competing in the national championship. Yeah, for for because it's hard. Like I said, it's hard to beat a team twice. You know, when we go back to watch film, we seen everything that we did good. We could, you know, what I'm saying correct little stuff. But when they watch film, they seen everything that went wrong. <laughs> so that first that first quarter, their scheme worked. You know, yep. yeah. and it's just like okay, we just fight it out, fight it out. But after that, it's like. Who's the best team? Ball is ball, you know. At the end of the day, ball yeah, is ball. And so we came out and we, twenty-four to zero. It's like we knew we was the better team. We should have been competing yeah. in the national championship. Yeah, I, I think that was my favorite part of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Right? We, I mean, we go to Letterman Row office every week and break down the games. But from my standpoint, I think that was the second Wisconsin big, the Big Ten championship game. Right? Mm-hmm. In my mind, is like as a former player, as a fan now. It's like that's the best feeling, right? When, no, when yeah. a team comes out and throws their haymakers at you <laughs> no, and connects, move. and then you come out at halftime and say, guess our, what? We're our not, turn. Well, hey, it's our turn, right? <laughs> right and yeah. then you dominate a team like that mm-hmm. and end up winning a, a game by double digits, especially wow. playing a Wisconsin team a second time. I mean, as a, as a player on that team, as a coach on team, that's when you start to be like, oh, man, no, this is special. That was Muhammad Ali, George Fre- – I mean, uh, Joe Fre- – I mean, uh, George Foreman. Oh, yeah. Y'all did the rope-a-dope <laughs> in the first half. And then you came out. That might be a little bit before Rashad's time. You've heard of Muhammad Ali. Right, right, Please right, tell yeah. me. I know. And you I got know, the George Foreman grill, right? Yeah, right. So, Rashad, here's a question. You can answer it as politically correct as you want. But I'm sure a lot of people are wondering this. What's what's it like playing for a first-year head coach, especially at Ohio State? You know, having Ryan Day the first time. Yeah. Granted, he, he was interim coach a couple times last right. year. But this year, first time being in charge. What was that like, especially compared to being with Urban Meyer yeah. your, first, so your like, first couple years? So the best way I can explain it is Urban Meyer is more so just old school. And, like, you know, he wants stuff done his way. And, it, I mean, it works, you know, yeah. but, like, Everybody ain't, you know, it's modern day. Kids are different nowadays. Yep. So, but Coach Day is just more, like I said, modern day. Like, he was more relaxed, laid back. Like, he coached around you. Uh, he didn't really put that, he didn't want that stress to be on you because he didn't want people to worry and mess up in the games. He wanted everybody to be confident and comfortable. So, I feel like Coach, having Coach Day as a first year head coach was great, man. I mean, everything was fun. Uh, we had, I mean, when it was time to lock in, it's time to lock in. But yeah. at the end of the day, it was a lot of memories. Is it, I, I is this it. simple? I mean, because this is the way it's been explained to us. I mean, and you know, I've talked to a bunch of people. Urban Meyer liked having you guys on edge. No, yeah, kept no, you on edge. No, definitely. And including his coaching staff. No. Was Ryan Day a, laid back may not be the right word because y'all still played. But, I mean. When I, when I mean laid back, I mean, like, he just gave more time to, like, Take a breather, you know. Yeah. He's not always on edge every yeah. time you're in the woody, you know. Yeah. yeah. But when it was serious, it was serious. Like it, it, it has to be done. We, we got to do it this way, you know. But when they it, decided they were, were going to try to play you both ways, mm-hmm. you know, last half of the season, did that go through him? Did you have to have a meeting with him, or did that just um, all of a sudden one day they're honestly, telling you? Honestly, honestly, I, I mean, Coach Jay told me they was talking about it for a week now. Yeah. I don't know if it went through him, but I mean, obviously it did yeah. because you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we got to go on his desk. We got to confirm yeah. everything. But I mean, he was cool with it. Like he was whatever was whatever helps, you know. And he, he yeah. knows my abilities, so yeah, we ran with I, it. I, I think uh, Rashad hit the nail on the head from from talking to a lot of people. I played for Urban, especially in his first year when right. things were crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I yeah. asked that question because I wanted to hear it from a player's perspective because from what I've heard. It's the same thing that Rashad said is that when you play for Urban Meyer, you could play the biggest game of your life, mm-hmm. Wisconsin at home, mm-hmm. college game day, right, whatever it may be, 
you can play that Saturday and that Sunday, he's just as intense as he yep. was on Saturday yep. and wants everything, wants you to be on. Yep. As soon as you walk in, even the day after a game on Sunday when it's supposed to be a light day, you're getting massages, guess what? You are turned on. Yep. And so I think that's why over the years, it, Rashad was playing, I think you saw the Purdue losses. I think you saw the Iowa losses mm-hmm. because at some point when you are on at all times, it get you it just mentally wear down. Yeah, you wear down, right? Yeah. And so what I heard is that Ryan Day came in with the exact opposite uh, perspective on it, is that the guys are going to be relaxed but focused during the week. Yeah. And then guess what? They can have fun. You know, it doesn't have to be on. And they, you know, pressure doesn't have to be on all the time. Yeah, yeah. But then guess what? Friday? I'm going to turn it up, and then Saturday, guess what? I'm really going to turn it up, and I'm going to set the tone. And I think as a player, it's like, okay, I can relax during the week. I can take everything in, Mm -hmm. and then I know when Ryan turns up, it's my time to turn up instead of being turned up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, throughout every (laughs) single day. It's hard to do that. Yeah, All right, Zach, you just stick around for one more, or you you getting – Need some I, beer? What do you need? I can stick around. I, you know, I'm out of my corner of my eye. I'm watching Tiger Woods because I'm a huge, <laughs> fan. I'm a huge Tiger fan. You know, you, who you, is you, know I you know this. I'm a huge Tiger fan. I think he's uh, like two under through five right now. I think he just missed a birdie putt. I've got my my daily a, fantasy going. There you go. Golf, yeah. So. so he's two under through uh, through five. Hopefully, hopefully small, yeah, short par putt. There <laughs> right. you go. So we'll keep him, but we'll let Rashad get back to it, man. There hey, you go. No, what a great career! It's a pleasure thank covering you, man. man. Congrats on all everything. We'll be right back uh, with the Letterman Requiem brought to you by Schrodinger uh, Funeral and Cremation Services. All right, let's keep it going on the Letterman Requiem. Uh, hanging out here at Land Grant brought to you uh, by Schrodinger Funeral and Cremation Services. We got the sharpest dressed man in Columbus oh, here man. today. Hey, what? guess what? Selling all of your Aflac needs. <laughs> Everything. Everything right. Aflac, Reed right. Fraggles got you. It's Whether, not my hey, fault we had from, a work event hey, timed listen, up with this today. From business to personal He to, thought we were having an actual funeral today. Yeah, yes, no I, thought, I thought it was a funeral service going on. I think he looked sharp, Reed. Paying his proper oh, no, respects. Stick him uh, out like a sore thumb. Appreciate you coming to hang out with you wore to Stoney's wedding? Uh, it's same suit, yeah. Yeah, same yeah. suit. That's yep. what I thought. Yep. It's it's good. Don't, to hey, don't remember much Getting from that some night. Use. Yeah, how do you that. remember a suit <laughs> of all the things? Uh, you know, that's yeah. that's some inside information. Remember, that's you guys remember everything. Zach remembers everything from breaking it down. So, no 2019 season, Reed. You look back. Uh, we've talked about the Fiesta Bowl. We don't have to break it down anymore. Yeah, please. Um, when you think about what that team did, a game, a player, what will be the first thing that comes to your mind after the bad memory <sighs> from that game? From 2019 season. 2019 it's wide season. open for you. All right, so we don't necessarily pinpoint that game. You don't. Give me a good memory. I don't know. I think just watching Chase Young finally, I mean, it's probably even beaten like a dead horse, but seeing Chase Young finally flourish, I think, after seeing him, what he could be um, when I was there two springs ago, just watching him as a young player, seeing the ability that he had and the potential and see that finally come out this year was pretty special, as we all saw, obviously. Um I wish he could have played those two other games yeah. to see what his numbers really could have been. I think that would have been cool. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm excited as hell to see him at the next level. So that's We haven't even mentioned it. You know, yeah. 16 and a half. We did say he was a Heisman Trophy finalist. And if you throw in, I mean, really the two two stat padding games in the Big Ten, Maryland and Rutgers. Oh, yeah. And he oh. had just had four sacks against Wisconsin. I don't know where that goes. I and mean, he's still the school record. It was still a great year. Yeah. I, I hate to say this. I, I hate to say this, right? I, I have so much respect for Chase Young. Love him as a player. Love but, him as a person. But those two games, what happened to him, and you say the Pat Satting games, yeah. it's kind of like it took the wind out of his sails, right? He comes back, right? He's yeah. got Penn State. He played, uh, I think, yeah, it was Penn State, right? Penn State. Penn State played well. Michigan plays well right but never really had a sack in big 10 championship game wisconsin's kind of 
knew, hey, we played them before, gave them four sacks. We yeah. kind of know how to how to deal with them. And then you saw Clemson kind of do the same thing. And it's kind of like those two games, which I think un, uh, unfairly <laughs> took him out, right? I think he kind of lost his lost his momentum his mojo, a little bit. Yeah. You know what, it, Joe? It, it, but, w- but I think it brings up a bigger yeah. thing because the last five or six games of the year, he didn't really have – a sack, really, and he still finished with 16 and a half. But they were letting guys. I mean, it was crazy the last three games of the year, especially how they were letting guys get away with all this. Oh yeah, he was. I mean, it was it was really it was it really makes you scratch your head and yeah. like want to do an investigation almost just what they let people get away with yeah. when it came to holding him. And I'm thinking you're sitting there watching him going, "How would I block this dude right without yeah. holding him?" Yeah, and and you see a lot of tackles struggle with them and the double teams. I mean. Sh- they're yeah. chipping him with a running back, and he's still getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. You watch him, and me as a tackle, I'm watching how these guys are approaching him, how they're going to block him, and you see nothing but the, the hands grab and the, the grabbing. <laughs> and I'm like, how the hell is this ref not calling this? Hands <laughs> in the yeah. face. Yeah. It was, right. Imagine right if you'd been allowed to do that, Reed. You'd have been yeah. the greatest. I'd still player. be playing. <laughs> dude, dude, on the biggest – well, second biggest play, I think, of the uh, of the Fiesta Bowl when Sean Wade gets thrown out of the game. Yeah. Is a great photo because Chase Young was about to have his first sack I of the game. I remember seeing that picture you're talking about. And the right tackle yeah. has a hold of his face mask right in front of the officials. By the way, the officials threw no flags on that play. That came from, as yeah. we say, Birmingham or wherever. But <laughs> uh, but the bottom line was, I mean, that's what it took to stop him, and they let him be stopped. Yeah, that Would that, that bother you as a player? It would bother you as a tackle. I was going to say, as a defensive end, yeah, I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I watched that game in particular, and I don't want to – go back to it too much because it's tough but yeah um that game in particular it was just it seemed like they were doing everything and getting away with everything that you look at as a fan and you're trying to say like am i being biased by just seeing all this am i like overly looking at this and um but it was just tough to watch man like those last couple games like zach said like he just seemed like he kind of shut down a little bit or they figured him out maybe yeah maybe the wind got taken out of his sails from that suspension uh but nonetheless it was a hell of a season that all being said i mean Answer, 14 hey, and a half sacks, whatever it was. I mean, that's 16 a and a half. Yeah. 16 and a half, yeah. Answer the $64,000 question here, though. What made the Ohio State the offensive line? <laughs> I know, it's just chump change now. No, yeah. I, are you paying that out? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm, no. Is that a Boren Brothers donation? That's, no. that's, a, that's a euphemism. That's so a I euphemism, asked. ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to get the $64,000. I want to know the facts before we answer. <laughs> what, changed, what changed the most for the Ohio State offensive line from last year, from oh. a, being able to run block again? Mm-hmm. Was it the rise of Justin Fields as a double threat again in the backfield, or was it just some guys coming of age up front with a big-time running back behind them? I think it's a culmination of things. I think that's definitely one thing. You have a quarterback back there that can scramble, obviously, uh, to keep the defensive line on their toes. But the more I think about this, you asked about a player that stood out last year, Wyatt Davis. Yeah. I mean, God. You were talking about him in spring ball. Yes. Yeah. And it, you, you were definitely right about this guy, the way he developed. Yeah, so right guard. to see him come out and flourish the way he did. And like I said, that spring, I think it was two springs ago, I was helping out a little bit at the line. To see him really harness that energy and that tenacity, that aggressiveness that he wasn't really able to do as a freshman, mm-hmm. um, kind of undisciplined. But to see him kind of put it all together this year um, and yeah. excel, I think it was first team Big Ten, all Big Ten. That was something sweet, and obviously, I think he's a Detroit kid too. So, <laughs> well, to get to that, to get him is to come he a back, Detroit kid? I think so. Yeah, why? I thought he's from California, he, right? His dad, what, his dad from somewhere in that area. Yeah, or I'm thinking. Of, he, I'm sorry, Josh Alby. Yeah, you're going Josh Alby. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, uh, yes. But, but Wyatt Davis, Bosco you know, his his, his grandfather, you know, played for the what the uh, the Green Bay Packers. Willie Davis. I didn't I mean, know that. Yeah. So, 
He's got it in his jeans. But yeah, not, I, I mean, I'm yeah, sure they squashed uh, the Detroit Lions when he played for him too. <laughs> I, I agree with Reed. I think it was a culmination of a lot of things. Granted, you know this year is different because you had Jonah Jackson, Josh Myers, and uh, Wyatt Davis up there in the front. I think you had a revamped. J.K. Dobbins, who didn't have Mike Weber breathing down his neck and kind of thinking he had to break the big one because his touches were limited. I think J.K. Dobbins went in the last season, said, I'm going to become a workhorse, refocused, you know, revamped his body to become the player he is today. And I think it was just his season to say, hey, I know I'm going to get 25 to 30 carries a game, and I'm going to get behind these offensive line. They're run – I mean, they are road graders, those guys up front, those three guys. I think – and when you add in Justin Fields – capability to be able to run the football and throw the ball downfield, I don't think teams could jam up the box like they used to. Well, I think it's there's probably, and Reed can speak to this much better than I can, obviously, but you know, when J.K. Dobbins was forcing it in 2018, it can't be as much fun to block for him. You can't be as invested, and if you know he doesn't care, he's just going to bounce something out and try and extend a play and hit a home run. He's yeah. not going to take the way it's, it's drawn up, but yeah. if you know that J.K. Dobbins is going to take the hole you give him and then build from there, or if Carlos Hyde is going to never lose a yard right. and make you look bad, or whoever else, you know, that's got to be just a different mindset. Yeah, and, and there's no – I mean, that's just bringing back memories of certain plays that stick out as a lineman where, you know, you're blocking your guy and you see this hole developing, and it's the point where you're able, able to even look back to, what the <laughs> hell am I missing here? Why yeah. is he – come on. Where's second, that flash? Hit, hit yeah. that hole. But there's no more – like, there's no worse feeling as a lineman to have a hole develop and to have it not get hit. So anytime you got a guy that's disciplined enough to hit that hole, to recognize it, like Carlos Hyde was so damn good at that. Yeah. Um, so that that was a great feeling every single week. You see Carlos, I mean, it could be the smallest glimpse of a hole, and he would hit it uh, and make something out of it. So as a lineman, there's no better feeling than you have a running back back well, there. Well, Zach did that, that too, didn't he? I didn't really get to Come see on, all that at Ohio State. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> You didn't see me against Miami of Ohio <laughs> senior year. Come on, I, I, I love had a touchdown that game. I, I love how they like, rob. I love how they rob Peter to pay on, Paul man. though. It's still, like they still have a fullback right. in their I scheme. I had like three you know? or four carries that game. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, <laughs> I lit it up. It's funny how the offense has come around with Ryan Day, where it's almost like Zach would have a role in this offense now. Like we just talked to Rashad Berry for a while. Like you could have been in that H back role a little bit. You think like. They were Urban was phasing you out, and now the game is shifting where the two, two, three tight ends are in vogue, and you might have been able to slip out, get some play action in the flat. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, yes, I agree with you there, but I also think 2012 was a, a culmination of things, right? I've I've used that word a couple times now, but you know, Reed will tell you in spring ball. And in, in fall camp, they had me drop a lot of weight. I was playing running back. There was a in spring ball. There was a big package of like me being the uh, they called it Rhino package. It was oh, yeah. direct snap to me, right? And we were running it all the time. And I don't no remember one, that one. No one ever saw it. We <laughs> yeah. always did it in scrimmages where media wasn't allowed. But it was you called the Rhino I forgot package. about that. It was direct snap to me. One, I swear, one scrimmage. We ran it 25 times and had so many carries. I even had a jump pass. I had a Tebow off of it to Jeff Hireman. I swear, this is all true. I'll pull out the footage, right? Wow. So, but I think, uh, but I think uh, it's a culmination of things because early sure. on in that season, I think they did bring me in and, and I was being used. Yeah. But I think Carlos Hyde just took off, right? Well, and when Carlos Hyde takes off and you look at compete. me, it's <laughs> tough to compete, right? So I think they wanted Carlos Hyde to do more things. And then obviously there were some injuries. And so then that's why I went over the line. You know, that's the one thing about Urban that I didn't get, though. I'm serious. I didn't think, you know, we saw that we saw the uh, Tim Tebow pass, you know, by JT. Yeah. I guess yeah. what? Penn State. I think we saw yeah. it one time, you know. And, you know, of course, then, uh, of course, Clemson, 
resurrects say, it yeah. for the winning touchdown. I mean, go, go, go. But that was the one thing he just he, – would you call him conservative? I mean, uh, in some no, respects. No, I do know this. You know what conservative hey, means? You stick yeah, with what's No, working. I know. This is what I do know, though. So we ran that in spring ball, and then we ran it again like in fall camp just a couple times. Yeah. And it was the Michigan game. Our last game of season, we're down the goal. I was, I was playing defense, but obviously I was up and rooting on the offense. I was trying so hard for get, for him to call the Tebow <laughs> pass and let me go in and jump oh, yeah. pass. Oh, yeah. Granted, I'm a little shorter than Tim Tebow. Legend. But, I mean, no, I think if he, you had, had if you had had that in addition to the hit, oh, oh. Like, it was coming. This, this beer wouldn't even coming. be named yeah. after Urban. Oh, this would, it was yeah. coming. be the Zach Boren. No, I know. Grand I'm sorry, Boren but, uh, <laughs> back to conservative. Uh, maybe a little bit, but I think that year he was he was a little limited, right? You had yeah. Braxton Miller, who let's be honest, was a great yeah. quarterback, probably the best athlete to ever come out of Ohio State. But wasn't the greatest passer, so was you know had to run the football. Carlos High was a great uh, runner of the football. You had an offensive line of Reed Fragle, Corey Lindsley, Jack Muhort, Andrew Norwell. I mean, uh, I forget who the other guard was that year, but I mean, come on, the, Marcus. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus Hall, right? Yeah. That that line is stacked. You're just going to give the football, and I think that's where you talk maybe conservative. Well, what I call conservative is your default play is a quarterback keep. You know what I mean? You're uh, instead of the. Uh, the Rhino package. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, that was his default play yeah. throughout, including with JT yeah. Barrett. And uh, you know, there's more than a couple of ways to skin a cat, even in short yardage. Is my point. You know, and, yeah. Uh, no, you, you did all this work to get rid of the fullback, and now all of a sudden, you, Listen, you need the I would have loved the Rhino package. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved you know, it. You're, you're still what I'm saying. Never even showed it. Yeah, I, I, I think that would have been great to write about the Rhino yeah. package. Now, now we know about it. So. I totally forgot about the that, zoo. But. The zoo would have named a rhino that. after you. <laughs> Maybe that was the one the ball. Maybe it was yeah, more up your alley. But. Yeah. Uh, all right, Reed, Zach, take us back through back to 2019. If you're going to name one guy as the MVP of that team, I know it's hard because you got two Heisman finalists, one on either side of the ball. J.K. didn't get invited. I mean, you know, you could throw in Akuda for what he did for the secondary. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of different ways to go. That team was so loaded with talent uh, and will be in 2020 as well, but – if you had to pick one guy, Reed, where would you go? The MVP, I mean, it's hard to look past. I know we already talked about it, but Chase Young's performance, I mean, you can't look past that. Um, but, again, like you said, there's so many different ways you can look at this team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, how the hell did it not end with a national championship? And that, to me, is why it's so frustrating. I mean, I haven't been as frustrated about a loss since my playing days when I watched that damn game. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that I one just didn't sit well. Yeah. No. So, it's just you look at this team, and Chase Young, I think, is just the first name that comes to my mind just based on the the numbers that he had this year were incredible, minus two games. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to do great things at the next level. But there's Okuda, like you said. I mean, the stuff he was doing in the secondary is just – I mean, he's probably going to be the third overall pick, and Chase Young's probably going to be number two. Um, so, I, I don't know. I would give it to Chase Young. Short answer. I think, I think Chase Young is a great pick. Um, the reason why I don't go with Chase is because the person I'm going with, I think, was more of a leader in the locker room, was a, more of a voice out on the field. Uh, he obviously played every game, and that's J.K. Dobbins, right? I, in my mind, I think he's the MVP. You saw the offense run through J.K. every yeah. single week. He's a guy that I know made so many strides from the end of uh, 2018 through 2019, like I said, nothing against Chase Young, but J.K. was there every game. J.K. was a big voice in the locker room. Not saying Chase wasn't, right? Yeah. But just I think J.K. elevated his game in the way that he transformed from 2018 to 2019, became a leader on and off the field. 
in my mind, he's the MVP. Yeah, Tim, you can. Are, are, I are we to, picking now or yeah, later? You're picking now because I got it. Because gotta, oh, I look three at more guys I here. look at his co-MVPs. It's the two guys that went to the Heisman you Trophy. You can't do co. No, only because <laughs> well, no, only no, Tim no, can no, do no. co. You can't do because, co. Let me let me explain. I mean, I'm like the New York Times. I can do co. That was a. You don't know what that means because you don't read New York Times. No, but I, I digress. There's no political humor. Yeah, I, I read Twitter, Tim. Yeah. They named two front runners, or they named two people. They endorsed two people for the Democratic nomination. Oh, Ohio they State couldn't has name co-coordinators. You can Here's do the whatever. point. But you Chase can't Young, do co. Chase Young and Justin Fields both changed, both influenced how you played against Ohio State offensively and defensively yeah. because of the dual-threat quarterback until he got banged up. And then Chase Young – you know, yeah. until it until it became legal to wrap your arm around right, him to right. stop him, uh, you had to account for him on every play he was in there. That's why I look at it. But if I if I point at one, I'm always going offensively, and I'm going Justin Fields because once again he had a Ohio State quarterback produce more than 50 touchdowns. It's pretty That's good. crazy numbers. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it's a good pick. I really do. But Justin Fields coming back this year, I think, I think this year. JK better. I, I think this did, year yeah. more than any other year, especially last year with Justin's first year, yeah. the quarterback has to elevate the offense, right? Yeah. It's a you're ginna have a uh, a yeah. young running back who it's kinda in question, right? You're gonna have some really young wide receivers outside of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson still is considered young, right? Yeah, so well, you're absolutely. gonna have a bunch of young uh wide receivers, you're gonna have some young tight ends, right? So all across the board, you're going to have a young offense. In my mind, this is no bigger year for an Ohio State quarterback to step up, become a leader, be the MVP of a yeah. team. Yeah. And, yeah, we're, we're, already we're, it, it wasn't the case last year. Coach Moradi, I think, already commented saying, yep. basically, yeah. this is a different cat. Ever oh, yeah. And let's be lost. honest, Coach Moradi does not say that. Oh, he no, doesn't. Unless, no, you're, unless, no. you, unless right. you're gone. Unless, like, yeah, unless you are really doing what yep. he's asked of you and really elevating your game, Coach Moradi is as real as it gets. Yep. It's surprising to hear him. A minute ago, I was waving at my grandson. So. That's right. It's time for him to go. Hang out with his grandson. Reed got his segment. We've got Zach out of here. we got one more to go here on the Letterman Roquium, uh, brought to you by Schrodinger and our friends at Land Grant. Uh, one more. Hang with us. We'll be right back. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Letterman Roquium. Final segment of a very fun afternoon. Uh, for those of you that, that came to hang out, cheers to you. Uh, it was a fun 2019 season. Thanks for coming out to Land Grant. we got James down there. Yep. You guys know Evan and Jake. Uh, James, you've got. Uh, we've been picking through these buckets pretty well. But you guys have three beers that have some nice scarlet and gray ties to it. Yeah. And what do we have out here? Yeah, so I'll start over here. We have Stiff Arm IPA, which uh, you can find in the stadium. Um, what that is, really, really good beer, traditional <laughs> IPA. Over here we have the it's 7 and Oil, which you can find in the uh, which you can find in the Pint House over in Dublin. And then over here we uh, we have Skull Session, which is also uh, in the stadium. So um, this is this yeah this is the one that we yeah so Evan and Tall Boys are down real easy. Yeah, yeah. So they're uh, going probably, they're, 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 they're <laughs> slugging them down over here. Yeah, so we were the last ones on, so we were able to uh, participate. <laughs> that means this segment will be fun. When you guys got to go through Skull Session, just to parlay off what James has. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even think of. Yeah, that's I didn't even think of. Yeah, yeah, like that that sort of experience, and then on the way the horseshoe, like. How cool is that on Saturdays when you're on the way in, getting ready to play, and that's packed with 4,000 people at St. John? Oh, if you got a night game or yeah. a big game, that is like almost a highlight until the game is walking in that skull session because it is electric. Yeah. yeah. Now, if Urban goes up to you before, hey, you got to give a speech. Up there, like, Dude, you just ruined yeah. my skull session. Totally, totally, totally. Um, but that walk, that atmosphere, it is. Um, 
it's something I really didn't even think about until you just said Got it. it. And it yeah. brings back a lot of great memories because it, yeah. it's so quick and done. And it's all you think about is the game. But that little five minutes of being there is it's sweet. Evan, yeah. I'm sure as a captain you had the mic in there, right? Yeah. I mean, trust me, that's the reason why I'm laughing <laughs> because I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, darn, all right. Now i yeah, now I got to be stressful and anxiety, or, you know, <laughs> anxious back here. But, no, I mean, I think that the reason why it was so cool for us is especially in those night games like you know we're just sitting up in the blackwell waiting right like so all day all we get to do is watch all the other teams go off and then you know that first taste that first kind of like vibe with the fans is in the skull session so you know obviously it's that first like oh okay right now time to turn the switch on i mean it's not really that time yet but it's oh, just it, one of those great things that, you know. Kinda, it, it, when you walk in there, yeah, sure. it's a big game. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no time. <laughs> you leave walking out like, yeah, okay. You're yeah. feeling good. You got the police escort in front of you. <laughs> I bet for James and Landgraf, they love They're going to take Evan's description. It's your first taste of game day. Like, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if we can apply that to uh, to the can. So uh, let's hope we don't get a frivolous lawsuit or anything like <laughs> gotta that. So. Got to be careful. Yeah, got to okay, be careful be with nice. that. Uh, this is Liberty, by the way. She's also joining us for the final segment. Uh, Hi, Liberty. She's not had any skull session. No skull session no for skull her session. yet. Absolutely not. Um, James, you know, as a fan of Ohio State and somebody who's got their beer being sold in the horseshoe, when you think back on 2019, we're not going to talk about the Fiesta Bowl anymore at this point. Yep. What What's going to be your first memory of this team? To me, it was just the uh, it was just the amount of just coming out and just blowing teams out, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it in my lifetime. I've been a, been a Buckeye my entire life. And to uh, to be able to just really just put the hammer down on every team, that's uh, what I'll remember. Yeah. I, I'm i with you. Up up until – I don't know where I was supposed to talk to you. You can do it. Up until that interception, <laughs> I never had a doubt they would ever even come close no. to losing a game. Not no. even in a, a moment where I was like, uh-oh. Even when that game, when they were still down, you're like, oh, yeah. when are they going to win? Right. right. And so sitting here today, it's like, that is probably what I would think of, too. Is it was the whole season. Like, we're, we're just winning this whole thing. Right. There's no I mean, doubt in my mind. It was the best team I had seen, even from playing. Totally. They were like, Jewish. Right. I mean, yeah. like, when you're out there watching them play, you know, there, there aren't any plays missed. There aren't many balls on the ground, right? The receivers are running and getting open. The running backs are hitting holes and, you know, running away from people. So, when you go into a game like that, I mean, I, you know, I had the chance to talk about it, you know, slightly before this and doing a little pregame, but like, you know, when you're playing another team, that's that good. Right. And, and, and my chips look exactly like your chips on the table. Right. And now it's about execution. Right. Um, you know, it, it's tough. Right. So, you know, you go from uh, three months, four months, however many months yeah. of flawless execution, <laughs> rolling over everybody to, you know, some, some, preventable mistakes right you know it's, it's definitely kind of a weird dynamic to look at but i mean it was very very fun to watch them do I, their thing i think season. that's what for me and i don't know if it's the same for you guys but sometimes when i cover you guys playing or go through a year like they feel like they take forever uh-huh. like 2018 to me felt like it took 10 years and <laughs> august was so long and we know that the circumstances were unique for that but 2019 i, I feel like the florida atlantic game was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it's like, because it, we were all waiting for literally that Clemson game. It, and it was it was like, we are a juggernaut. Until we get there, we aren't going to get to prove. We already know we're the best team in the Big Ten. We want to win it all. And yeah. it was like we had such lofty expectations that because we didn't hit it, it still feels like a disappointment. Yeah. It, it's just – it's wild to think back, like, how, how quickly it all went. And 
because we were having these discussions like every week on Letterman Live and Buck IQ. Like, you know, this is going to be the test. Like, you're going to Nebraska, you're going on the road yeah. in the Big Ten, or you're about to go through play Wisconsin and the number one defense, or, or even Michigan. Like, every week's like, when's the test going to come? When's the test going to come? Or is this going to be it? And it never really happened for them. Yeah. Like, you're saying you're waiting for Clemson, but. They played really good teams yeah. and they beat them all so easily. It was just didn't I feel mean, like they played good teams. Yeah, right. But I mean, there's there is but an they elite were. caliber to some of these cats that we're playing yeah. too, right? I mean, like not to say that the Iowa's or the Penn States or any of these other teams that are in the Big Ten aren't proficient and great at their craft and compete well against other conferences. But you know, you always know who the Ohio State, the Clemson's, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the LSU's are of the world because they have those recruits, they have the coaching, and they have the support staff to go be great right? right so you know when we have a machine that's as well oiled as it is and we saw that early on right some of those expectations start to you know every day that's all everybody's talking about and it's like okay well you know we we, we put 50 up week one and uh, you know beat them by 40 week two and all the way <laughs> onwards right but like does that plateau does that start to diminish over time like does our ability to meet expectations diminish over time how does that affect us in important games when you know, we thought we were playing the team that was supposed to be all high and mighty, and we kicked the heck, you know, kicked the heck out of them. Yeah. And, you know, now we play the almighty team, and you know, we have simple dumb mistakes, right? Like, I mean, there's, you know, there's a million layers in it. <laughs> that was even how it went against Penn State. You got late yeah. in the year, it was like, okay, here's here's the gauntlet, and it was like, you had all these turnovers, and they still won that game by 11, right? They could have beat Penn State by 30. Mm-hmm. They could have beat Clemson by 30. Yeah. They could have. I mean, they beat Michigan. By 30, they could have beat him by 60. Yeah, we were constantly <laughs> waiting as a fan, um, just waiting for that moment. And it never happened until Clemson, unfortunately. And uh, even then, I, I never doubted it. I mean, we were driving with Justin and uh, unfortunately just broke off the route and it was a pick. But how, how far I, – I want to phrase this right because Justin obviously – he exceeded my expectations for what he could do as a dual threat, mainly as a passer. Like how – far did he exceed your expectations for what he could do in year one he threw one pick yeah i mean what like, like, he, he was in a you different win. school came here and observed uh, absorbed the offense executed with a whole new cast of characters right yeah. and was able to find himself and compete at this highest level like yeah that yeah. coming in on him as knowing nobody and then to meet you know, obviously that one pick my senior year, if he threw one pick, that's not that big of a deal because we threw it four times a game. <laughs> you would hope we don't have a pick. Well, when they're slinging it like they are and the amount of touchdowns he threw to only have one mistake, not counting the Estoppel, yeah. uh, to, I mean, that's unbelievable. You just look at our yeah. team, how many guys they had even finished in the Heisman. Right. Um, it, I definitely did not have that. Growing up, I <laughs> grew up in Columbus. I watched every Ohio State team since I can remember. It seems a lot like... I forget it was either 96 or 97 where they were unbelievable the whole year lost in the Rose Bowl. Yep. I was like, that was the best team we've seen, and it didn't count for anything. Not didn't count for anything, yep. but when you see that good of a team, yeah. you expect national championship or bust, especially from yeah. Ohio State's fan or former players. Mm-hmm. This year it was like, okay, these could be tests, but we need to win this whole thing. They still won the Big Ten. They beat Michigan. They got to the playoffs. All that – Probably ninety nine point nine percent of other teams would be like that was a hell of a year. Absolutely, yeah. everyone in here would be like, "It was a good yeah. year, but damn." Yeah. Well, yeah. once you to, to the point that you're making, once you see the expectation, right? It's like, and especially as players, right? Like, I mean, you feel it, right? It's almost like 
holy cow, that's a team that I wish I could have played for. I wish I could have ran Diggs. I wish I could have ran Diggs in this. But yeah. you think about that when you're then going up against a worthy opponent. You want to be able to see that level of execution. So yeah. then, you know, to Jake's point, right, yes, we're asking for the world and we want to see the top of a mountain and win a national championship. But also, like, you know, you got to earn it, right? Yeah. And especially when you're playing those next level cats, right? I mean, well, you have to earn it and you hope you that uh, an official doesn't take it away from you. But that's a whole <laughs> other conversation we've had a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, we've taken up a bunch of time here at Land Grant this afternoon. We're starting to, to wrap it up here. It's been a great time. Uh, the Letterman Roquium. James, everybody's had to answer this so far. So 2019 season MVP, who you got? J.K. Dobbins. A oh, lot yeah. of votes coming for Dobbins today. Yeah. That's um, J.K. Dobbins for sure. Wow. I mean, uh, you got to just think about it, man. Like, uh, how many games did was he able to control the clock and wind it down the fourth? Games quarter? that he didn't even play full yeah, games. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how many full games did he play? Okay, so he, yeah, he fair, missed. Fair, fair. But I'm talking about the towards the la- towards the latter yeah. half of the season, right? We're playing Michigan. We're going through the Big Ten championship. We're getting in playing Clemson, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. when when we needed to run dynamically and get more than four yards and control the down and distance and be ahead, um, you know, from a first, second down perspective, right? Like, he was the guy that was called on. So that's him for me. I'm torn between Dobbins and Fields. To me, Fields doesn't have the year if he doesn't have Dobbins. (laughs) Dobbins still probably could have that year, but Fields took a lot of pressure off them having just only focus on him. I'm going to go with Fields. Just, yeah. I think. Keep um, it in the first panel. Yeah, I think Love it. the difference between Master <laughs> Teague and Dobbins is really, really big. Yeah, but I, I still think the difference between Fields and any backup we had is would be detrimental to our team tenfold. I think him coming in from as a never being at Ohio State, never having our system and gathering all that knowledge in a spring and a fall camp and then performing like that. I think he's the reason we were so good. I think we could have won all those games without him anyways if it was a different – maybe not our backups. Dobbins was that type of a phenomenal back. But Fields took us to that, okay, they could win any type of game, just how, how Trevor Lawrence has. I yep. think he's the MVP of their team versus their amazing running back in yep. ATN. Yep. Uh, same thing with LSU. They have a phenomenal running back. At the end of the day, it all runs through the quarterback. Um, I just – that's my opinion. Or you could go with Chase Young as well. But I think as the whole field was a signal caller, the leader, and he sure. um, and he performed at a high level that probably over exceeded all of our expectations. We knew J- JK was a real deal. Right. We had no idea that, that Justin was going to come out and do that. I think when we started today, I, I was more convinced that it was Justin Fields than the steady stream of you guys talking about J.K. Dobbins. But I do believe, and it's not – I'm not out on a huge limb that going from Fields to Chris Chuganoff would have been yeah. a major change. And you're not really talking about one of the greatest teams of all time. No mm. offense to Chug if no. he's your quarterback. Um, That's fair. But, you know, Teague had a really good year and he struggled late. Dobbins was especially had 2,000 yards. But I, I, I do tend to agree with the argument that you guys have made that they couldn't have done it without each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what made him special. And now we're about to find out uh, just how much of that was Fields in 2020. <laughs> Uh, what Master T can do, because, you know, if you look at this running back position moving forward without J.K. Dobbins, maybe that's when his true value yeah, might show up. Really, and we'll, and we'll you know, see. At the beginning of the year, we're like, holy shit, Master T. Yeah. Not, nothing against him towards the end. 
but we realized the difference between him and JK. You're like that JK, that is a different bat. Yeah. Master T's a great bat. JK is, I mean, he's all you know, two thousand yards in one season. That's yeah. just it's special. Yeah. Huh. We'll and, we'll miss that next year. There's no sure. doubt about it. I mean, that. how many yards do you think you would have rushed for if you would have played full game three thousand? Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, how much, how many stats all those guys had, and how little amount of fourth time. quarters they right. played? Scary. It's yeah. it it is, but also. If they're not, if they're in the game, it's a closer game. Maybe those stats aren't the same, but still, it's they would have been way better than Jonathan Taylor's, and then we wouldn't have had to talk about J.K. True. getting snubbed for every True. award, oh my, which is really, true. I think, one of the big shames of 2019 beyond the Fiesta Bowl. J.K. not getting any love as the best running oh, back or Okuda. Or Okuda. Not, oh my god, oh, yeah, that, that is unbelievable. Thorpe Award, yep. They, it was like he, someone. I thought I thought I saw a stat like one touchdown in his coverage in NFL and college. Yeah, and he had his best season yet. But of course, because LSU wins it all, they win every single award. And, <laughs> and as you know, James was texting me when those awards were coming out. He's like, "Well, he's not even the best. Delpit's not even the best DB on LSU's team." No. Oh, and we'll see. I mean, the draft is coming up in a couple months. Maybe we'll be right back out here at Land Grant drinking some beers to break that down. Yeah, I as we it. turn to 2020, he'll get his money then. <laughs> he'll get his comeuppance. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's too too, too worried no, about I don't think not he winning is that Thorpe when that number two or three pick comes no, off yeah, the board. Yeah. Right. Well, a okay. lot of those Buckeyes will be feeling good. But yeah, that great phone call. <laughs> That'll help us turn to the tape page of 2020. Hope today has as well. The Letterman Roquium, James Coach down there, Evan Spencer, Jake Stoneburner, Beanie Wells, Reed Fragle, Zach Bourne, uh, our friends at, at – what's that? A whole bunch of other cast of BB Landers, Rashad Berry, and our, uh, putting it all together, showing our funeral and cremation Liberty. services. Liberty Jane Ward as well. Yeah. Uh, Spencer behind the camera, Will Crawl. This has been a huge production. We Will did our who? best to pull it off. Will who? Yeah, Will Crawl. You, oh, you might know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's pulling the strings. Uh, I am just Austin Ward. This has been a great time. I hope everybody here, everybody that watches this later, I hope it comes together the way you wanted. Um, cheers to the 2019 football season. Uh, here's to 2020 for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Let's get it. Uh, stay with us at Letterman Row. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.